friends, welcome to another episode of Events Demystify Podcast brought to you by Trifun Events with your host, Anka. Virtual events have forever changed the way organizers will host and engage with their audience. And to quote Marco Giberti out of his new book, Reinventing Life, which is kind of fun to actually read, especially if you're an event technologist or event producer, this is what he had to say about the future of events. Events were built to succeed hundreds of years ago, but they are built to fail in the 21st century. Post-COVID, virtual events and webinars will be unreal recognizable. It'll be like comparing traditional TV with streaming, print magazines with tablets, or music CDs with Spotify. Events will probably start online and move to offline activities to later go back online. Communities will interact through the combination of virtual and face-to-face experiences in ways that will increase their return on investment and improve efficiencies. This trend will facilitate and accelerate hybrid events and a new generation of face-to-face face event experiences. Tune in as today I will be discussing with my feature guest some of the ways in which we can make events that matter, curate an elevated guest experience that your audience won't miss and will never forget. And with that, let me introduce you to my guest. Jasmine Brianna is a passionate, skilled, and established live event producer and creative strategist with an early fascination for production, logistics, and the something special that turns a moment into a memory. Memory. Fondly referred to as the event expert for the everyday event professional, Jasmine has found joy in sharing her expertise as a speaker, coach, and creative strategist. At any given moment, you can likely find Jasmine in a passionate conversation about event experiences and production, or baking an entire sheet of Nestle Toll House chocolate chip cookies and fighting over the last one with her almost seven-year-old son. And talking about production, I would love to invite Jasmine in and and get her started on this topic because I love nothing more than connecting with another geek at heart when it comes to events. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. How are you today? I am so well. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be here. I am so glad that we are doing this. And to get us started, kick us off, would you give our audience a quick rundown of what are your most passionate in this desire to produce events that matter? Oh, man. Okay. Awesome prompts to start. So I am, Anka mentioned, a live and virtual event producer. I have produced events from conferences to summits to church pageants, release parties. But my passion is in music and live entertainment, such as like festivals and concerts. So that's what I really enjoy doing because there's something about all of us listening to the same music and really enjoying an experience together that really makes me smile from ear to ear. So that is what I love to do. What got me started has been an interesting story for another time. But what I will say is that I've always been a bit of a type A detail-oriented individual, but I'm also highly extroverted. And so my social tendencies and my desperation for things to be in order has come together (laughs) to make this event producer that really just enjoys creating experiences for people to enjoy and, you know, and having everything go the way that it's supposed to go. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I love the fact that you use like a desperation for things to go in order. I can certainly identify with, I know what you mean. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. Well, right now, at the time that we're recording this episode, I am sure, as you're aware, the event industry in the last week or so seems to have been going yet again into this panic mode. Right. So what is your instinct telling you what might be maybe the main event trend to outlast some of the current challenge that we're facing? Uh, I love this question. I am a huge advocate for virtual and hybrid events. To your point, I believe that the events industry got a little too excited with the idea that the pandemic was ending. So fun fact, I have a my degree um, at USC in college was in health and human sciences. So I never thought that my two, like my degree would ever play a role in my career as an event producer, but it has definitely helped me make educated observations and seeing what the future of events is going to look like and how long we're going to be in this season. And what I can promise you is that we're going to be in the in the virtual space or, and the pandemic is going to affect the events industry uh, for longer than we would like it to. And so for everyone getting so excited, I think that we jumped the gun a little bit and leaning into the return of in-person events. And like you said, I, I don't think that we really invested in learning about the technology, you know, and the virtual experience, because to many, it was a band-aid. It was supposed to hold us over until the pandemic ended. And then every step of the way, we're thinking we're right around the corner of this tragedy. And so we're just holding our breath, waiting to get back to what we know, which is in-person events. The pandemic is just not going to end. I don't see it ending in the next year or two. I definitely, especially with the new variant, and that's how viruses work. They're constantly changing. And, and with it being a global pandemic and with the events industry being a global industry, uh, different countries are experiencing and reacting to, to this pandemic in different ways. And so even just considering how you're going to treat your audiences or how you're going to create these experiences for your audiences around the globe with all these different expectations and things, we can speak more on that later. But to answer your question, I think that the trends that we're going to see is that virtual and hybrid events are going to stay. I definitely would encourage every event professional to really consider and invest in hybrid events because if anything, the worst case scenario is that both of your bases are covered, virtual and in-person experiences. And I would love to really flesh out what I mean by hybrid events. And I don't just mean an in-person event with the streaming component. I mean, literally creating experiences in the virtual space and in person, and also integrating those two audiences so that your audience doesn't feel segregated. Well, because they could potentially have two different experiences, and that's just not something that you want to see. So just let me know. Yeah, no, absolutely. So piggybacking on that, how can event professionals enhance the event experience and curate an elevated guest experience that the audience can miss and not ever forget, you know, while managing the risk of a hybrid event because there's a little bit of risk involved with that right Mm, yes yes and so always wanted to speak in clarity the only risk in a hybrid event is the in-person component right there's there's virtually, no pun intended, virtually no risk and virtual events because everything is online. There's no liability and, you know, and personal injury or property damage because people are at home and their own property. And so the only risk associated to hybrid events is the in-person portion. 
And to that, again, prefacing it with the fact that we are still learning with the different variants, how they are transmitted and how we can protect ourselves. We're still learning and we're still constantly receiving more information. And so right now it's a lot of trial and error, which is obviously it just makes everything a bit confusing and nothing is uniform. But to mitigate the risk, I would definitely say, well, first of all, know your audience. What are they comfortable with? What are they willing, you know, are they are they okay with attending an event where they have to prove the vaccination status, which is one of the ways that a lot of event professionals are, you know, are using for vaccination cards or requiring proof of a negative test within the last four days or up to a week. Are they comfortable with supplying that information? Are they comfortable with possibly with even being in person? Maybe they only want your event to be virtual and you might find that, I mean, only 10% only want an in-person experience. So are you really willing to invest in building out, you know, all of this, all the in-person components when most of your attendees would be okay with just checking in, you know, virtually. So really um, leveraging that just to see what your audience wants so that you can really give them the experience that they're looking for while also mitigating the risk. There's no need to take on the risk of in-person if you don't need to. And then to that point, if you choose to go virtual or hybrid, definitely staying on top of the latest news and information. I think the biggest thing uh, that we're all learning as event professionals is that we are forever students. You definitely have to be willing and, and carve out the time to be learning, to read the, art, the articles and watch the news and, and test different ways and even speaking to your peers to see what they have tried and what has worked for them. Because like I said, it's, everything is trial and error right now and we're all just trying different things. But definitely see what or what new ways that you can protect your audience without taking away from the experience instead of everyone looking at this event and thinking COVID. You know, that's yeah. not what you want your, your guests to look yeah. at without taking away from the experience that the audience is seeking in their offer. So. Definitely, you know, to add to that, the safety risk of in-person events are a high consideration and something that has to be on the top mind of all event professionals there's also you know technology risks that go into the virtual event and because of that there's a lot yeah. of event professionals that think oh no in person i can control because i am so comfortable with doing that for so many years but virtual mm-hmm. sounds like such a new concept to me and the technology scares the heck out of me that there's no way i can take that risk so i guess with that would you share some of the production and technology tools that you tend to use to accomplish an event experience and some of the event experiences that you were highlighting just a moment ago? Most definitely. First, I want to thank you so much for that correction because I definitely said earlier that the only risk was really for in-person. I'm thinking more um, injury and property damage, but you are so completely right. There is a risk in technology. We have all had the slight panic attacks when, you know, like the internet stops working or for some reason the speakers can't get into a room or all those things and I <laughs> I can tell you so many stories that will just blow your mind but I would say is that I appreciate how flexible or understanding everyone is definitely the risk affecting the quality of an of an event experience because your attendees if there's only one way for them to enjoy you know or engage and that's through this device like through this laptop on this internet and it's not working then you completely lost your audience and so that again that's a great point that you made as far as the recommendations that I would offer or well, even the platform that I often use that I don't run into too many issues I enjoy hosting my events on Hopin 
which is a virtual event platform. And Hopin is great because they have a lot of integrations, such as StreamYard, which is what we're on right now, which is what I really enjoy. I produced a summit on StreamYard earlier this year and was just blown away by the level of branding abilities. Like, do you guys see how cute the her overlay is? This is just amazing, right? And you just don't see this in a lot of of a virtual event because everyone got so used to like Zoom events and you just see like a grid of faces just staring at you and this just so boring. And that's why people really honestly lost interest in virtual events because they all started to look the same. But there are so many platforms and resources and tools that we can use make this something fun and something different and really speak to our brands and our businesses. I mean, even just to go on like a little bit of a steam yard, excited because like I said, I'm a geek. They also have the feature where you can do like the runners. You guys might remember like news broadcasts with like the little text that runs across the bottom of the screen that has like announcements or you can like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> like that. <laughs> or you can literally, you know, you can post one of your attendees whatever they said in the chat and you thought that was a really great point that they made or questions that they might have or a question that you might have for your attendees to really consider. You can even share your screen and post like photos and visual content. You can change this overlay at different times. And then there's backgrounds. The, her logo up in the top corner right there, transparent logos or like the lower third. So everything's backwards. So this is the lower third right it's, here with the name. It always name. confuses me. When I do my hair, I'm like trying to do this and I'm like, bring this side out. <laughs> But this is a lower third, and that is really awesome so that your attendees can know who is speaking. And that doesn't have to be a name. That can be the social media handle or whatever. Or it can be something fun, like like an answer to a poll, like what's your favorite treat? And they can come in with like pizza or, you know, candy or anyways, the possibilities are endless. But to your point, I really like to encourage event professionals to research, look around and see what, uh, what everyone is trying because it is 2021. We are in the digital and technology age, even before the pandemic. For those of us who have kids, we already see how they are so comfortable with these iPads and these devices. They're making me feel old. They're making me feel like, you know, like the last generation who doesn't know how to use FaceTime. And so we are already in this very interesting season of a tremendous growth in the tech industry. I encourage my clients and my students to think about the in-person event that we all miss. What was the event that you're trying to recreate? Write down every single event component that made it an experience. Everything that your attendees were so excited about and they were constantly talking about. And I promise you, you can find an equivalent in the virtual space. It's an exciting time, guys. Just tap into it. Absolutely, yes. Before we move any further, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our main sponsor, Trifan Events, which is a boutique event planning and production agency that will come alongside you, offering personalized event planning and technical support, strategic event design, production and technology management, and flawless execution for live, virtual, and hybrid events. The team at Trifan Events is passionate about planning and producing event experiences that get people involved with true moments of interaction, engagement, and co-creation, while offering white glove treatment throughout the entire planning process, enabling you to reach your event goals with the use of creativity, production tools, and event technology. To find out how Trifun Events can plan and produce your event become memorable, go to trifunevents.com. Great. 
great, great uh, points there. And to your uh, technical, actually, lingo and some of the terms used, actually, I have a podcast episode recorded on just that. And if you go back on some yeah. of the podcast recorded last year, I would put it in the episode notes, demystifying some of the terms and the lingos and all the technology words. I kind of like went through a description of like A to Z. Here's what that Ooh. actually means. There is no excuse anymore that there's no content or information or how to learn right. something on the web somewhere. Because the truth is, after 20 something months, I will tell you that the expectation of your virtual event is not the same as it used to be last year. And mm-hmm. while, you know, like you mentioned, Jasmine, if the grid of faces is what we were okay with seeing last year, it's not like right. there's no place for that. Like, I love to use that as a B-roll towards the end, you know, with everyone coming. Even if exactly. I produce the event, you know, in StreamYard, I brand it, I do a lot of stuff. But then in the end, if we were using Zoom for breakout rooms, because again, there is tools for different things. And I love mm-hmm. using Zoom for that particular type of workshop, or maybe something where you have to have a two-way conversation with a lot of people on stage, right? The same way at mm-hmm. an in-person event, you wouldn't invite the entire audience on stage. <laughs> right? Why do oh we my do gosh. that for and, like, virtual events? accidentally coming on and like, no. you, know, you, you have to swipe to figure out who you need to mute. It was terrible. It was so bad. Exactly. So having that just at the end as a way for people to connect with faces and highs and smiles, absolutely, we can use that. Going back to the virtual event experience and, you know, at this point, regardless of how long virtual remains the primary medium for events, it's safe to say that the quality of virtual experiences have drastically improved. And while in-person events are certain to come back, they will come Mm -hmm. back in a more elevated fashion. And that is because virtual events have indeed brought out the importance of personalized experiences, which yes. have and will continue to channel into in-person events as well. So on that thought, would you share some of your maybe tips, tricks, tools that would help event planners prepare for and thrive in the future of events and meeting planning as it relates to event timelines, line of show, production scripts, even the event team and the production partners that you surround? yourself, which plays a huge role in the success of your hybrid event. Most definitely. Most definitely. I'm just, I'm geeking out so much. I have so much to add, but I don't want this to be like a three-hour podcast. So I'm We're going to have to cut it you know? in two then if it becomes a three-hour oh, conversation. Oh so we could talk about it all day. I really do. I have so much fun just yeah, but as far as what I can share, um, tips, tricks, and tools that would help event planners. For one, I would definitely say there's a bit of a, a misunderstanding as far as like how much time it takes to put together a virtual or hybrid event. I find hybrid events so fascinating because it has components from both ends, right? Live and virtual. Uh, but especially with virtual events, everyone just thought all you need to do is like schedule a Zoom event and then send out the link, right? And so people are trying to make events happen over the span of like maybe a couple weeks of planning or or so forth. And I can't stress this enough that events still need time to plan out. Though virtual components are a lot easier to put together, it takes maybe like an hour to 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 build out a virtual venue, such as like schedule it and create the breakout sessions and you know and do all the integrations. You can really do all of that in a day. Whereas an in-person event, you needed you needed a couple of days to build stages and put up the different signage and stuff. So things are a lot more convenient in the virtual space, which is great. But but that requires... assumes that you have a whole lot of pre-recorded content done in advance. Exactly. Exactly. Because then you still have to consider all of the components that will never change, such as speaker prep. 
you yeah. still need to prepare your speakers to show up as their best self so that your event is the quality yeah. that, that you're looking for. And especially because a lot of speakers are not, ev- I mean, unless you're producing an event of event professionals, but as event producers, we're working with a lot of speakers who are not in the events industry. And so they're not on top of all of the new technology that they're using for a specific event. And so they might not even know how to log into like this StreamYard, you know, recording studio session or how to even find the breakout session on Hopin or whichever Accelerant or whatever platform that you use. And so then you have to consider that you need time to even educate and train them and even scheduling time like we even did before we started Anka. She even helped me correct my lighting because you need to really make sure that the lighting is balanced. And so you don't want to just show up at the time of the event and just expect everything to go well, you need to carve out time even beforehand, like maybe like 30 minutes before you're supposed to go live to make sure that the microphone is working, the lighting is right. Do they need to elevate the laptop? Because I promise you guys, if I see another speaker like speaking down into a laptop, I'm going to lose my marbles. Or they get nose drills like this. Like, yeah, you don't need to go up there. (laughs) It's just not necessary. Please just elevate it. Just pop it up a little bit. And I know we don't all have, we're all stuck at home, so we don't all have home offices. Just a little background, you guys. I'm currently on my bed, and I have a pillow underneath my laptop just to elevate it. So it doesn't even need to take much. But these are just some of the things that you need to to make sure everything is in order to make sure that it looks great. But even Remember like those old school, like, phone books or the yellow pages? Put a few yes. of those stack. <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> It doesn't take much, guys, but eye level. You want it to you want your audience to, to feel like they're speaking directly to somebody, not speaking down to, you know, or anything like that. So definitely make it eye level, making sure that it's not like too close and not too far away, all those great things. And and then even in the week leading up to the event, obviously promoting. A lot of people don't really spend too much time in marketing their events. And I'm not really quite sure why that is an issue these days, because even before the pandemic, marketing was was necessary. But especially now when people aren't necessarily like going outside and socializing and word of mouth isn't really spreading as quickly as it used to be because we don't have opportunities to open our mouths to each other. Right. And so if it's not being promoted online or if you're not really marketing your event, yeah. then people aren't going to attend. And push for your it event. on and multiple social channels multiple because platforms. not everyone is just on maybe Instagram right. or just on, I don't know, LinkedIn exactly. or whatever. Exactly. And, and I always circle back to having like an intimate relationship with your audience. You need to know who your audience is and where they are, where you can meet them, especially in the virtual space. Are they spending time on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, or even Hulu now allows you to buy ads. And so that's a whole game changer. You can really be a commercial and so all your audience is watching a lot of TV. Like just find find out where they are so that you, you can meet them there and just say, hello, this is what yeah. I'm doing. But yeah, it's a few things with the event timeline. And then as far as like your event team, I would definitely recommend sitting down. First, I want to preface this by saying that not every, especially uh, virtual events, not every virtual event needs a team. That's a, that's really an, another awesome thing about virtual events is that you can do it yourself depending on how complicated it is or how complex it is. And, and on your skill in, level in, as well. Like, for exactly, example, exactly. Timmy so and you, you I can take at? an entire conference on my own and produce mm-hmm. it 
stream it and deal with it. But that might not be the comfort level of all virtual event producers because right. there's, I mean, there is challenges. Exactly. And just talking with another event producer in a different episode, it was something that we were conversing about, like actually bringing other event producers on your team. It doesn't take away yes. from your success on exactly so if i can bring an assistant or a support person that also happens to be a female virtual event producer even the better and my list is only growing (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness that's so awesome yeah all i can do is just help you because you just need other skilled and talented professional you really just need like the on-site assistance you just need like help the day of like the planning you can really do most of that yourself especially if you have a strong idea of what you want done and it's really just about delegating like bringing on somebody to help you with marketing in the week leading up to the event or somebody to assist with the avian technology and tell you what needs to be done and so forth for permanent positions i would definitely look at having avian tech you definitely need someone in the in the virtual space who's really good at knowing why isn't this working, especially as we're live. If it's not pre-recorded content, somebody to know how, like what wires need to be fixed here. Especially as an event producer, we already have so many things on our plate. We have to be in five different locations at one time. Technology is not something that we necessarily can take on as we're in the trenches. And so avian technology, marketing, I would definitely look at somebody to help you out with speaker prep. Because communications and speaker prep is is very essential. That also kind of goes under with uh, script writing. You really have to prepare people, which is really great when it's pre-recorded content. If you can write out a script for them and then they are just repeating that, then that's awesome. For some reason, just give them an outline. Just an outline of some of the things. Totally. I've seen that happen. Oh my goodness. Just follow the outline and you'll be good to go. And so just assisting speakers with that. Yeah, those are just a few of the uh, positions that I definitely see are getting a lot of playtime. A hybrid event, definitely having somebody to assist you on site. Again, the in-person, I feel like we're all pretty well-versed in the in-person component. So having somebody help you set up and strike, having someone there for registration. Your venue manager should be one of your main partners. There should always be a constant communication with them to make sure that everything is going accordingly, including cleanliness. Cannot stand when like bathrooms are getting dirty during events. That really starts to take away from an in-person experience. And then, oh, that actually ties into my next point, which is the venue. When you're planning a hybrid event, you definitely want to look for virtual and in-person venues that you will be able to bring together that will be cohesive. And so your in-person venues, hopefully they have like the technology to allow for broadcast for, or they will allow for you to bring in a third-party AV company so that you can bring in your own screen so that you can bring speakers onto the stage, you know, audience members, maybe you want a digital social media wall that people are tweeting you, you know, like the tweets are popping up. And so it looks see that there's buzz being created. Or if there's like a word cloud and then people text an answer to a poll and then you see the word cloud pointing up. Virtual events are not just Zoom events now. Hopefully we are very... We got over that. You know, because I don't want to have to keep saying it, but there's so many, yeah. So Zoom, like you said, it really does serve for like conferences or really informational. But if you want more integration or engagement beyond just a poll in the chat survey, but you want to be able to have like a photo booth or networking or expo hall so you can bring on your sponsors and vendors and exhibitors, then definitely do research into venue or virtual venues and seeing what features that they offer. And just like you would schedule a tour for an in-person venue, 
schedule a demo for virtual venues. I schedule them all the time, even when I'm not planning an event or even when I'm not seeking a venue. As soon as I find out about a new platform, I'm scheduling a demo because I just want to see what the new technology and tools that they're using, what new ideas that they have that I could possibly use for my next event to be able to bridge that gap between my in-person attendees and my virtual attendees. Because like I said earlier, hybrid cannot just be in-person with the streaming component. That's going to get old really quickly. Your virtual attendees are going to get tired. That's why they got bored with Zoom events. They don't just want like a two-dimensional one-way, I'm just receiving you, but you're not getting my input they want to feel like they are part of the event they want to feel present and I'm sure that they are just feeling all types of FOMO because they're seeing people like on the camera that are in person and they're like oh I wish I could be there but for whatever reason they couldn't be you definitely don't want them to feel neglected because they will not come back so definitely making sure that you find a way to incorporate them like I said the digital social media wall or even in the networking finding a way to bridge that gap and so that it's not segregated just find a way to bridge that gap. A a couple of notes on all the things that you said, because there's a lot of good tips and information and and knowledge that was shared. And I couldn't agree with Mm -hmm. you more. The virtual venue has to be uh, looked at as the same way you would to your in-person venue and create an experience. You don't send people to like a corner of the room in a person venue. You try to make that experience pleasant, elevated. The same way you have to think of your virtual venue that you consider. And Jasmine, I'm ready to send all the requests for demoing new event platforms your way from now on because honestly at this point I feel (laughs) like I cannot take another blank email telling me how awesome your platform is and unless I really need it I will not demo your Uh. platform Oh my but goodness. on that, I, will, I promise I will receive it all. I'm totally sending it your way. It's like, forward. <laughs> but what I was going to say on that is there's actually a podcast episode I was putting with a, a platform event specialist on some of the considerations that you should keep in mind when you're researching some of those platforms because there's so many out there. And unless your full-time job is to research a lot of the platforms and somebody pays for your time, the truth is you won't have time to know all of them. But at least knowing what you're looking right. for and knowing what is what you don't need or what is what you need will really make that search exactly. uh, so much easier and focused. And as far as the in-person production, AV team that your hybrid event will require, I've had actually a recent blog post because I've done in-person event production is really my background. There's a lot of considerations because a in-venue AV team that was probably laid off during the pandemic might not be at the same level of knowledge or expertise when it comes to digital events or hybrid events as maybe a partner that has done the pivot super fast back in March of 2020. And they have learned all their lessons, made all the mistakes, and now they're able to support your event. There's a few of the things and considerations that have to be kept in mind as you as you're considering this. And Jasmine, if you have anything to add to that, please do so before we segue into our last question. I would say that everything in the events industry has changed since the pandemic. The pandemic has changed everything across the board. And so even though there's not a lot of things that are new, we had AV and technology before the pandemic, but that role has now changed because there are different needs now. And so even if you had your favorite AV and tech company for the pandemic, but for some reason, they, you know, maybe they didn't stay on top of the, the, the new technology or the new resources that they were laid off or whatever the case may be. They may not be able to serve all of your needs today. 
they might still be holding their breath and hoping to get back to in-person. And, you know, they might still have the same packages and so forth. What you really want to do is make sure that you understand what your event needs are as far as virtual or hybrid and having the honest conversation with them and ask them, do they have experience with this? Uh, how have they adapted throughout the pandemic? I don't like to keep using pivot because we all just keep saying pivoted. But how have they been able to, you know, meet the needs that have presented itself during the pandemic? Are they still um, using the same technology? Or do they have experience working with the virtual event platforms that you're, that you're looking to work with? I would definitely say have an idea of what you want the event to look like and then pretty much pitching that to your AV and tech partner and really ask them, can you do this? So how can you make this happen and see if it's a good fit? Because you might need to find a new AV and tech person. The old ways just don't work anymore. I totally agree. And honestly, that's where it really my job as a technical event producer and technical event planner has come into place to fill a void in this very small niche in which I position myself between the client and the AV production company so I can translate both ways the needs of the client as well as all the equipment to a proposal that the client doesn't always understand. Do I need all of this equipment that's like itemized that I have no idea what it does and being able to read and have Mm -hmm. someone read that. And with that, I would love to actually, as we're coming, you know, to a time here, because we could be talking about this, Jasmine, like you said, like four hours, and I would love to do that. I just wish that, you know, <laughs> I didn't have meetings and responsibilities because I mean, I this know, is way too I much know. fun. Do all day. Absolutely. But as we're coming to time here, in your own words and experience, what are some of your maybe daily routines to keep yourself in a healthy mental space, especially during, you know, a challenging time? Oh, wow. I love this question. I have tried very hard during this pandemic to find ways to balance all the stress and anxiety that has come on during the season. And everyone knows as an event professional, as an event producer, we have one of the most stressful jobs ever because it's always just like chaos and it always kind of feels like life or death. When events go wrong, you have to fix it. I will admit that I didn't do so well before the pandemic and offsetting that, but this pandemic has allowed time for me to set a routine. So I am struggling to try to figure out how to maintain that routine while we return to like the office and, and in person. And so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I will let everyone know I'm also worked it out. There's no such thing as like perfection. We're constantly growing, but a few things that work for me May not work for all, but that works for me is exercise. I run like at least like three miles, maybe three times a week. I love the gym. It's something about really just like, like, like don't wait. It's really just like envisioning that obstacle that I am struggling with and really just like physically overcoming it that really stimulates my mind. And then afterwards, You're speaking I just feel my language. And I feel good. <laughs> Yeah, I felt powerful. And I'm just like, I, it's almost like, you know, like when you throw in the darts and just imagining that person that you don't like or something, when you're working out, really think about that technical issue or whatever, yeah. and really just work out all of that energy that has helped me a lot. And as far as like other things, I appreciate for me, information helps with my wellness, because I find that like ignorance leads to anxiety. When I feel I don't know something, or usually when I'm nervous about something, or I'm stressed about something, it's usually because I am not so well-versed, or I haven't found the solution. And so all that I do is just dig deeper. I'm, I'm reading articles. I like keeping on top of the news. LinkedIn has become one of my best friends. Um, LinkedIn and Twitter, Everyone in the event industry was just talking and sharing and blogging and really keeping each other up to date with things. So I try 
to join every conversation I can. I just absorb. I attend all of the events that everyone is hosting, seminars and webinars for event professionals, because if you know more, you can manage more. You're better equipped to address whatever obstacle that comes your way or that you're facing. And so as far as like the wellness, definitely exercise and drinking water because dehydration is never good for the brain. Literally drinking water helps your brain process things better. And definitely staying on top of the news and trends and blogs just so that you are always ready to go. Yeah. And when you go on a run, listen to a podcast like Events Demystified. <laughs> exactly. The best time to listen to this one. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, (laughs) Jasmine, I was going to say, I like to run my water through the coffee machine. (laughs) I don't know if that counts. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. I love that you got to share some of those health tips as well, because now it's more important than ever to be able to keep yourself healthy, not just physically, but also mentally. Thank you so much for all the insights and the tips that you shared today. Where can our audience learn more about you and connect with you? So my favorite platform that you can find me on is Instagram. So Jasmine Brianna on LinkedIn and Jasmine Brianna Events on Instagram. I will have... all those social channels that you can connect with Jasmine in the episode notes so that you can find her on some of those platforms that were mentioned. Jasmine, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your knowledge, sharing your tips and your wisdom with us. And I hope to see you soon. And in the meantime, keep doing what you're doing and I will see you on social. Thank you so much, Anka. I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Okay, friends. That's a wrap for today's episode. I hope you were able to take as many nuggets of wisdom as you could. And I want to also thank everyone that is listening here in U.S. as well as around the world. I am super grateful for you. Whatever you're tuning in from, please do take a moment to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. And if you want to take it one step further, please leave a five-star review to make this podcast visible to more event professionals like yourself, or just screenshot the podcast and share this podcast on your social networks. As always, I welcome your feedback. Keep that coming either on Instagram, Events Demystify Podcast, and I will have a link in the episode notes on how you can do that. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Until next time.